We work our tails off and spend a tremendous amount of time and money to find customers. Yet despite our best efforts, sometimes it just feels like we can't please them all. But is firing them the right answer? Stay tuned and I'll tell you what I think. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So like many things, sitting here right now, wherever you're at, we can all understand that there are times where you might find yourselves in a situation where you may need to choose to not work with a particular customer. But it feels very different when you actually find yourself facing that very decision. I can tell you from personal experience, having gone through this with clients in a variety of different industries, it is not comfortable after you've worked so hard, especially in the early years where the company is is evolving and becoming more sophisticated and changing and the priorities are changing. In the beginning, we just we're chasing everything we can. We're we're working so hard. We get this mindset we just need to get. We need to attract customers. We need to tell everybody how great we are. And when they say yes, it's just, man, that's it. That's the answer to almost all of our problems. When they say yes, and we can't wait to work with them. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a situation where, why can't we just not please this customer? I can tell you, you know, a couple of stories. One was a, a, a gal in a, who's a customer, and, and she just she took advantage of us. And there's no other way to put it. She just um, got this got this modality going where just our needs became so secondary. And again, I'm, I'm all about serving the client. No question. We are here to serve them and make their lives better. So they will pay us in exchange. That's what it's all about. But the balance just became very clear that it was more manipulation and it was not fair and reasonable. Had other clients that had a hard time paying. You know, we were, we build a lot of our customers and, you know, they'd be net 30 and next thing you know, it's 90 days and, they don't answer their phone and we can't get a hold of them. And and it just feels awkward and and counter counterintuitive. Like we we again we we spend all this time trying to get them and we get them and then we're like, why is this it's just not working out? I don't I don't know what to do. And it can feel like we're we're making the wrong choice and we have to figure this out and we have to find a way to get through because well, if we can't make them happy, there's gonna be other customers just like them we can't make happy. And it felt wrong because what kind of message would it send to our employees? You know, what, what, after doing all this work to get people and we're just going to throw in the towel and explain to our employees, well, we couldn't make them happy, but well, how does that work out when your employees are like, well, why should I try hard in the next one? Not, not that they would do that, but it, it kind of feels like that. It feels like we failed. It feels like we're the ones who are doing something wrong. It feels like maybe our expectations are out of line. And we might call peers in the industry and call friends and like, hey, what do you think about this? It also feels right. You know, loss of a sanity is a cost too. So here's the thing about customer relationships that don't work, in my opinion. It's almost always about values and respect. Often the reason we feel somebody's being unreasonable about a thing is because we don't share the same values as they do. So for example, 
there's doesn't matter what industry you're in. You've heard you've been you've either been a part of this, you've heard some version of this, where a customer expects a company, especially small companies, because they know they won't get away with the big companies, especially small companies. They they haven't they expect you to deviate from some kind of safety or legal protocols to save them some money or to do a job easier than it would be done if you did it, you know, the quote unquote right way or the, you know, the legal way or the safer way. Like, well, can't you just cut this corner this one time? Can't you just do this thing for me? Can't I'm in a bind here. Can't you just help me out? And you're the one taking on all the risk. They have an expectation. Like you're just supposed to do this or someone who regularly takes more of your time than is reasonable based on your agreement. If you have a, a monthly agreement with, with a client and you're, Scheduled to, you know, you, you, you build them for X amount of hours, you know, you build them for four hours a month, but they're routinely asking for five and a half. <laughs> they, they call you and, and have the expectation. You just have unlimited time to answer questions. that's outside the scope of your agreement. Someone who's abusive or disrespectful to your employees, like these, these kinds of things happen. We have, we all know these kinds of stories and it almost co- always comes down to relationship fundamentals in any relationship. If they're not agreed upon values and mutual respect, then it's just not likely to work out. I Super simple example I use all the time. If you have a, a husband and wife and one of them believes in open marriage and one of them does not, it doesn't matter what kind of car they buy. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes their kids wear. It doesn't matter where their house is. It doesn't matter if they have a white picket fence or a wrought iron fence. It doesn't matter if they live in the country or the city. Nothing matters if the their values aren't the same. And so it can feel with with customers sometimes where there's just a struggle. Like we can't put our finger on it. What, why is it so hard with them? And sometimes it's just the values are not in alignment. And like relationships, it'll feel like the worst thing you could do is terminate the relationship. Like this would be the worst possible thing. Like we've worked so hard to get to a place where we're attracting customers. Now it's working and we have these people on a recurring billing or, you know, we, we service them once a month or once a quarter or whatever it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to, Say we don't want to do that anymore. It makes no sense. And maybe it is the worst possible thing, except for not terminating the relationship. It might be the absolute worst thing, except for the alternative. And we worry about our reputation and what message it sends to our employees. And what does it say about our company if we can't make customers happy? And those are valid concerns. And I would recommend when you're explaining that you're asking peers, you're talking to industry friends about this kind of stuff, don't let somebody dismiss those fears. Those are legitimate fears and they're important to make sure they're more important for us to consider those to make sure we're making a good choice some people take this too far and they say and they talk as though it's no big deal to fire client as if well yeah i fire clients all the time i've literally heard somebody say oh yeah i fire clients all the time and i'm not sure that's a <laughs> i'm not sure that's a great thing to say for a variety of reasons it is a big deal we do need to be introspective we do need to make sure we're providing the best service we can because if we don't, the only thing we can bit we can compete on is price and convenience. If we are not providing a superior service, we're left to just fight over money. And I personally don't want to compete on money. I want to compete on who provides the best service, who solves the customer's problems the best. So I think it is a big deal to, to consider these things. More than a minute. First, I'm sure each of you belongs to an industry association of some sort. Maybe it's the Texas Accounting Association or the North Carolina Roofing Association. If you do, you probably know that it can be really difficult finding qualified speakers who have real-life experience talking about the things we talk about here. And it's hard to find people who can speak to those things 
and can really help business owners like you. I speak at those kinds of meetings on a regular basis. So if you're looking for a speaker for your monthly Zoom meeting, for your your you know your state chapter for your association meeting, or your, you want a keynote speaker for your annual conference, or you want someone to prepare and run an all-day workshop for you, I'm ready to help. Just go to my website, serviceindustrysuccess.com, and scroll down to the bottom and click on the button that says Book Brian to Speak. Again, that's serviceindustrysuccess.com, and click on the button that says Book Brian to Speak. So before we pull the trigger on terminating a relationship with a client or a customer, I would just recommend getting very clear on what is the particular particular value that is being violated. What is the thing that we don't agree upon? And I'm all for, and, I, and I, again, I know this is difficult, especially in earlier years. We kind of go through this phase where we, we take everyone, they have a credit card or a checkbook, and the check clears like they're our customer. And then we start figuring out who do we like to work with and why do we serve this, this group better than someone else? And what is it about their needs and our specialty that, that matches up and our particular expertise that's better than somebody else in this particular arena, this thing that we do for this customer? And you figure out what we like to do, what we're good at, what we're passionate about, what we can make money at. But we figure all that stuff out. And then clients we've had for a long time, maybe from the beginning, just don't really fit anymore. We go through this evolution where we have to be, we have to be, and I mean this, we have to be more selective about who we serve. But I think it's important to be really clear on the particular value that's being violated before we just fire someone. So we can be sure we aren't looking to avoid a service problem in our company because we can also have blinders on our company and and not want to be introspective when that's when that's warranted. Just because a person complains, a, comp, a, a, a customer complains more than once doesn't mean they're wrong. Sometimes they have legitimate concerns and they could complain five times in a row and be, be, be right all five times. That seems unlikely. I get it. But it's not implausible. They, they could have a bad experience five times in a row. And we do need to investigate these things genuinely and sincerely and, and find out what is really causing the problem. And if it's a procedural problem, if it's a service problem, if it's a training problem on our end, those things are all valid concerns to look at. But if it's a values problem or a respect problem, that's different. So in the examples I gave, like the safety shortcuts or legal shortcuts, prioritizing a person saving money, your customer saving money money over our employees' safety is really diminishing the priority that should be given to protecting our team. Like I don't know a business owner who would say, yeah, if I can save the customer some money, I'll put my employee in a risky situation. Like <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. And it's exceedingly unrealistic and unreasonable and just kind of jerky to expect somebody to do that. And so, yeah, prioritizing saving money over a person's safety, that that's, that's a values thing. That's not a training thing. That's not, that's not a service thing we're providing wrong. That's not that it's somebody having an unreal or unreasonable expectation because they don't have the same values. We do feeling as though it's reasonable to, to uh, jeopardize our entire livelihood. You know, if, if something went catastrophically wrong on a safety thing or a legal thing, and we knowingly put ourselves in that situation, for them to feel as though it's reasonable to jeopardize our entire livelihood to save them a few bucks certainly sends a message to me that me and my family are not worth protecting. Our future is not worth protecting. And them saving a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars is more important than my entire livelihood if I lost my license for whatever, my certification or my contractor's license or whatever it is. That sends a, a very clear message that that's how they think. And, and that's a person I I personally would not want to work for that person. 
Same thing with taking more time than is reasonable or agreed upon. If you have a contract or an agreement with somebody that says, hey, you get four hours of bookkeeping services or whatever it is, and they routinely want five and a half, or they routinely call with questions that take an hour or two or whatever per month to solve, they don't value your time and don't respect your ability to earn a reasonable income. That's a values thing or a respect thing. Abusing your employees. Feeling that it's okay or, or all right to disrespect others definitely goes against the values most of us have about wanting to have happy, thriving employees who want to work here. And if they get treated like that by our customers and we allow it, they won't want to work here, which means now I'm going to suffer as a business. Our team is going to suffer. The culture is going to suffer. Like all this so this person can feel like they can they can treat our folks like that. Again, that's that's a person I would not choose to want to work for. So when it comes to the mechanics and the conversation, here's a few uh, things I've learned. A lengthy, a lengthy explanation is not only not generally necessary, it's, it often makes things worse. <laughs> Sometimes to just be short and sweet is good in this circumstance. When we have the conversation will depend, are you, are you billing them? You know, where you're at in the billing cycle? I would not want to have this conversation with somebody and say, hey, this, this isn't a good fit for us anymore. If they owed us $27,000, <laughs> if I could avoid that kind of situation, I would. You know, we want to do it in the, in the monthly. If you're doing like a monthly billing kind of thing, it would make sense to do that at a, at a time where we've kind of thought through, you know, how much money is owed and what the next billing cycle and thing like that is. But a lengthy converse or a lengthy explanation is not generally necessary. It can be as simple as saying something like, we've decided we're not the best fit to solve the particular problems you're facing. Stop talking. <laughs> Going beyond that is going to lead to this lengthy explanation that I personally don't think there's any value in providing. We're just not a good fit to serve you in the way you should be taken care of. There's definitely providers out there better suited to help you. Like any of those, any kind of version of that, like, hey, it's just not a good fit. We've decided this just isn't going to work out. And I think it's important that we kind of fall on our sword here. We are not a good fit to solve your problem. We are, there's better people out there to serve you in a way that we can't like some, like some version of that. I do not think it's helpful to say you did X, Y, Z, and therefore we're not going to work for you anymore. Because I do think generally how the firing is done has much more impact on our reputation than the actual firing itself. I'll get to more on that in a minute, but this also applies to employees. We can just say it wasn't a good fit. They understand. They get it. They know what's going on. They know what, what's happened. What we don't want to do is go into a drama-filled specific conversation that they could mention somewhere they shouldn't, which could cause us problems. It's not necessary to do that to ourselves. We can just tell the employees it wasn't a good fit and smile and walk out of the room and everyone will know. We don't arm them to say something to one of the, the, the customer we fired, say something to one of their peers in their industry, which would embarrass them. That would cause us some reputational harm. And our employees might... They might think they have a relationship with a customer. They could say that kind of thing and nobody would care and they're wrong. And it could cause us some real hard problems. We also don't want to leave the people in a lurch. So yes, we want to be considerate of our billing and like how much money they owe us and when is a good time to do that. But we also don't want to leave them in a lurch. Obviously, if they're putting us in a situation where they're expecting safety or legal protocols to be violated, we may not, that may not be possible. We may have to literally walk off a job and say, we're, we're done here. We're not doing this anymore. And, and we might not have a choice, but if possible, we don't want to leave them in a lurch, give them plenty of notice, 
do it at a time where it's it's convenient as possible. Again, I think how the firing is done has much more impact on our reputation than how the than the actual firing. I don't know a single instance of someone who has fired a customer and regretted it. I don't know of one. I'm sure there are out there. I I've never met that person though. It's almost always the same as like with a with an employee. I wish I would have done it sooner. And it's also Again, not just specific to a customer. It's also as our company evolves, we get to a point where we don't have a choice. When you start out and you're and you're willing to work for you know seventy nine dollars an hour or whatever for your industry, and then as you grow, you have to charge one hundred and seventy nine dollars. You're going to lose some of those people you started with, and it's not that they're bad people. It's just not a good fit for what you're building. So it's it's important that we don't get hung up on the the, the personal aspect of this. Sometimes it's just not a fit. It's just, and, it, and if we have to force it and it feels clunky and it feels like we're having to, to make something happen, it's just not natural. It's generally just not a good fit. And, and the, the longer we fight that, I think the harder it's going to be, which is why, again, I don't know a single instance of someone who's fired a, a, a customer and regretted it. Feed, in, fact, in fact, feedback we get concerning the reputational you know, things we're worried about is generally the opposite of what we fear. I remember I fired a customer one time and I was really afraid. I was walking into a, a meeting where I was going to meet a bunch of their peers. And that person was there who we had to fire. And it was, I was really worried about it. And somebody pulled me aside and said something like, Hey, we heard you had to fire ABC company. I'm surprised you made it this long. They're a mess. I was like, thank goodness. You know, because I was really worried that people were going to, you know, take this, that we fired them. And that was going to be really harmful for our reputation. We were in a relationship driven business. Like that would have been really bad. And that's not how it was perceived at all because we were very tactful. We were very thoughtful. We we did it. We didn't leave them in a lurch. We 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 didn't go into details. We helped them as much as we could on the way out the door. We just said, "This is we're just not a good fit for you. We're not the ones for you." And the lost revenue will be found. All that energy and time will be available to serve your clients that appreciate you and share your values. They're going to be better served, and they will tell their friends and peers who are like them, who have their same values, how awesome you are. So. Sometimes it's just, it's just necessary. In fact, I don't, I can't think of a situation where a company could start from scratch and grow and not have these kinds of things happen where as the company grows, they just have to get more picky about who they serve to be really good. You can't be really good and serve everyone to be really good. You have to figure out who you serve and how you serve them better than everyone else. And you can't do that when you have a wide, wide range of clients, you have to find out what, who you like to serve and what you're good at. So, don't forget to go to serviceindustrysuccess.com and click on that book Brian to speak button down at the bottom of the, co- of the page to start a conversation about having me speak at your next event. And uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, subscribe or hit that follow button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague. You probably know somebody right now who's in there going, geez, I got this customer. It's a real pain in the neck. I don't know what to do. Maybe this podcast will help them. We've all been there. We've all been in a situation. Where we've had to make these tough choices. You never know how this might help somebody who's struggling right now. If you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review if you can spare a couple minutes. And thank you to everyone who's already done that. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.